Hello folks, this is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and this is Weekside Wednesdays. So what do we usually do on Weekside Wednesdays? I cover the prior week's games, and I go over some NFL stories that I think are relevant uh, for the show. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get in to episode 16 of Weekside Wednesdays. For those of you who are new to the show uh, or don't have my handle, the best place to find my football-related content is on Twitter. That handle is at CJFlorida9. That's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out, and the number nine. Like I said, this is episode 16 of Weekside Wednesdays, uh, and it's a pretty special one because this is leading into championship week, so we just had the divisional round of the playoffs, so it won't be uh, your usual show, but we will be covering some content, and last week's games, I should say. So, I want to go over the first thing that uh, came up this week that is kind of closely related to me, if you're unfamiliar with me or uh, haven't listened to the show before or haven't had much communication with me. I am a New Orleans native, born and raised there for 17 years of my life, and I'm a Saints fan. You know, I try to let my fandom stay out of my analysis as much as I feasibly can because that's not doing a service to the job. But you've probably heard the news. Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints uh, head coach, is stepping down. So when I first heard this, I watched a lot of speculation. This is what people do. And, you know, that's just the way of the world. Well, you know, uh, he's probably trying to make his way to Dallas. And another thing, I heard that he really wanted to go to the Giants. And all these different things pop up. And then I watched part of his press conference. That didn't sound like a man who's trying to go somewhere else. That sounded like a man that's got some stuff going on. I'm not going to speculate on the stuff. It just sounds like some some stuff off the field non-football related stuff is actually happening here and it's something where you know it put things in a new light for me for those of you all who have spoken to me i think sean payton is a really good head coach i think he's one of the best head coaches in the nfl i think he's at, at worst uh one of the top five head coaches in the nfl uh especially over the the duration i think the only two guys you can say with confidence are better at their jobs of head coaching are bill belichick and mike tomlin and then Andy Reid is probably right up there too, along with Sean Payton as the top four guys on a consistency basis, especially over the last half decade to decade. I've also said Sean Payton is not a genius. And I, to some extent, especially with regards to some of the stuff I've seen, do believe that. But what I, I will say is this, and, and people also, by the way, I'm not a huge Sean Payton fan at, at all. I've been verbal about this. I'm not a Sean Payton fan. Uh, personally, I think, again, he's really good at his job. Uh, he's a really good head coach, but I'm not a Sean Payton fan. Listen to that press conference. I was concerned. You know, it it, it didn't sound right. And, you know, I, I made mention of that. And some people just made it kind of a laughing matter. I don't know if it's, you know, just you know, he's stressed out. I don't know what it is. But when people actually don't sound like themselves, he doesn't have his usual bravado. He didn't have his, you know, even like a, you know, I'm doing this for this. It sounded like it was off the field stuff. It was not anything having to do with being unhappy coaching the Saints, per se, and wanting to coach somewhere else. It sounded like he's just going through it. So I would implore you, even for people that you might not be big fans of, like I'm not for Sean Payton, to have some empathy for their situation. Because if you pay attention and listen and use a little bit of EQ, you can tell the difference between when a person is, you know, 
they're just making a decision because they want to make a decision or whether they feel like this is the only way for them to actually be okay. So thank you for the years. If you don't come back again, Sean Payton, and you never coach for the Saints again, appreciate what you did for us. You changed the culture of a team that had a long, t- long standing reputation of being a loser, even with the winning seasons we had prior, even with some of the better defenses in NFL history, definitely best linebacking core in NFL history um, and that Dome Patrol unit. You changed the narrative on how the New Orleans Saints were, you and Drew Brees. Uh, so it's appreciated. We were able to root for a winner. We were able to enjoy a Super Bowl and a city that really did need something to look forward to post-Katrina. You were a large contributor to that. So you are appreciated. And I want to move on to something that happened in a game this past week. And... It's a topic of discussion, and here's what I've learned about uh, football discussions. You're never going to make people happy. No matter what rule changes you institute, no matter what adjustments you make, even if it's a minute portion of the population, a good enough sample size will say it's wrong still. You know, whether it's in college football where... They want to expand the playoffs. Cool, let's get more mediocre teams in there to get smoked on a weekend. Because that's going to fix the problem of getting the best team in the country right. So I'm speaking specifically about what happened in the last game of the weekend with Kansas City winning in overtime against the Buffalo Bills. It was 42-36. Now there's discussions of changing the overtime rule and it's not fair that Josh Allen didn't get the ball and all this stuff. And I just honestly, my opinion, shut the hell up. Sounds mean for me to say, and I'm not saying it to anyone specifically, but that's my opinion. I hate this. It's These discussions, are they're annoying. Okay? So that's where I start. But I will entertain this because Josh Allen and company didn't get the ball in overtime because the overtime rule, which was actually changed years ago because the New Orleans Saints, oddly enough, won in overtime where... The better team, and even I believe the Minnesota Vikings that year, looked like the better team. But they weren't when it was all said and done. And the whole thing was, because Brett Favre lost his mind, we were able to get into overtime, and we were able to kick a game-winning field goal and go to the Super Bowl. So they changed it to, okay, now you, you can't win the game on a field goal if you're the first team to get the ball. Uh, only a touchdown. If the touchdown's not scored, then the other team gets an opportunity. And I'm like, all right, I can kind of see that because these NFL kickers, some of them are ridiculous. Justin Tucker literally just made a 66-yard field goal this year. So you don't even have to get over midfield, basically, for, for some of these guys, right? You, you can get to the midfield stripe. But the people who are screaming for, we need more of this and this and this and that, and Josh Allen didn't get the ball, the hell aren't you mad at his defense? Why are you not mad that they let them go 75 yards after letting them go like 45 yards? The best defense in the NFL, pass defense. Let Patrick Mahomes and company march down the field. That's why I, I, I like that the league keeps these rules. I hope they do, even though I know they will change because you all will be loud enough and complain enough for the rule to get changed. But... Why not put the onus on them? And oh, Josh Allen, he 
He did everything he could. Did the Bills punt in that game? Seriously, did the Bills punt? So that means he didn't do everything. He didn't score every time he had the ball. Now, that might sound like a big ask, but if you're playing against a guy like Patrick Holmes and an offense like the Chiefs have and a head coach like Andy Reid, you got to put up more points, right? But again, it's not like something insane happened or there was a bad rule that, you know, affected them as far as like a, you know, there's a block in the back and no one uh, picked it up and that's how they scored. No, they marched right down the field on them. Okay? But if the rule was to change, I do have a suggestion because even though I don't like something, I consider it, right? Maybe the rule is both teams guarantee get the ball, okay? And when you win the coin toss, you have knowledge of that, okay? Both teams are going to get the football, so you have to produce whatever. And maybe you will decide to go second, so, you know, you know what you have to get, right? Because the team could go for two and win a game. You know, if you get it first and you score a touchdown, then they score a touchdown, they go for two so you don't get it back. And then after that, once each team has had a possession, it's basically, you know, you just move forward from there. Both teams scored a touchdown, right? And both teams scored a touchdown. You just play the game on uh, into wherever it goes, whether it's a playoff game and you go into a second overtime or it's a regular season game and it's just a tie. But all I'm saying is this, man, the Bills didn't lose because of the overtime rule. They lost because their defense couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes and that team. Period. Bills fans, you can be upset with me. And that's fine. I've been salty too. Last year, when the Saints, to me, were clearly better than the Bucks, the Saints lost their mind and turned the ball over four times in the second half. Salty as hell about that. But I was realistic enough to know that the final score dictates who was actually better on that day. It's just what it is. It's the finality of sports deal with it and there's one other thing that happened in that game with regards to a rule that i thought from this inception this is the stupidest rule that i've heard suggested in a very long time and it's the taunting rule because the nfl had this big rash of brawls breaking out on the field and people getting beaten up and dying apparently that this he made fun of me culture is an issue and that you had coaches, even the guy who I respect, and the Mike Tomlin. I'm just throwing his name out there because that's a people said that it was him, but you know it was other people too, right? I think that's the stupidest rule the NFL has ever suggested. He taunted me. Now it's not like if someone comes over and pushes you in the head, that's not a taunt. That's you put your hands on me. But if someone, you know, looks at me, stares at me, or spikes the ball, I don't care. If someone throws the deuces up, you know why that dude's throwing the deuces up? Because he's better than you. So why don't you be better? And I'm talking about the taunting rule and people are like, well, it doesn't count. Tyreek Hill threw it up and this was one of the things that was suggested. Man, shut up. Sorry that Tyreek Hill is so much better than your entire defense that he ran straight past them, threw the deuces up while he was behind the dude. Because he just knew. Bro, you have a 0% chance to catch me. So all I'm saying is this. You're mad because the flag didn't get thrown on the game when he touched down. Let's put it into some context here. Just a little bit, right? If that taunting rule is called, we probably don't have overtime because they score to run the clock out and you have no chance for Josh Allen to throw a touchdown at thir- and have 13 seconds left. 
because Tyreek Hill threw it up at what the 10-yard line. They'll do a personal foul and come back to the 25. At worst, they're in field goal range already, but they're probably going to score a touchdown with no time on the clock. You can get mad about stuff that doesn't go your way, but with this particular rule, you have more of a leg to stand on with the OT rule than the taunting rule simply because I think it's the dumbest rule ever instituted in the entire NFL's history. Dumbest rule. Again, grown men apparently can't take someone taunting them by throwing up a deuce sign when that person's just better than them. Stupid. I hope the NFL ends that rule and I hope that the dudes who are in charge of making that rule happen understand that it was as stupid as the way you tried to implement the pass interference rule that you all just had a referee and crew that was stupid enough to not be good at their job that day in NFC Championship when there was a clear interference and the Saints didn't go to the Super Bowl because you all were bad at your job. So you made a dumb rule that you didn't even do well and then you got rid of it. Get rid of the taunting rule too because it's even stupider than that. And then there's another thing, because I'm a harp on this game because Bills fans got on my, week, my my nerves this week. Not all of you all, actually. More than half of the Bills fans that I know, I know a lot of them, didn't get on my nerves. You know why they didn't? Because that's a pretty damn good fan base. The other half of them just kind of took it and said, you know what? Sucked. But we're damn good and we got Josh Allen. And that's great, because Josh Allen is a freaking baller. But some people, I have an opinion, and my opinion is not fact. But my opinion is from an educated space, Right? Just like there's some other people whose opinions are from educated spaces. But I will give you some facts to support why my opinion is relevant and reasonable. You know, I said Josh Allen balled out. He was a beast. He played his tail off. And the Bills are clearly a really good team. But he played against the guy I call the GOAT. He is the best quarterback I've ever seen with my own two eyes play. That Badger Mahomes the GOAT, Right? And people, well, Josh Allen's better. A, I think that's ridiculous. He has more physical gifts. But playing the quarterback position, to be candid, if that was the only thing as being 6'5", 240, and able to run a 4'7", there wouldn't be any other guys. Drew Brees would have never played high-level quarterback. Uh, Russell Wilson would have never played high-level quarterback. Are you understanding that quarterback, the most important thing about them is decision-making and being able to actually get your team in a position to win. It is not your physical skill set. It's not even accuracy. Damn sure isn't a big arm because then Jamarcus Russell would be a better quarterback than Josh Allen because, yeah, he had a bigger arm. So even though Josh Allen does have more talent, Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. But let's just kind of go through these things and why I think Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. So here's the quick test. So I'm going to give you Patrick Mahomes, first four years as a starter, right? That first year didn't count. Give you the numbers on Patrick Mahomes. So four years of being a starter, here's what he's done. He's appeared in four straight AFC Championship games. He's been in two Super Bowls. And remember, he could could win three straight AFC Championship games after this upcoming Sunday. He's been in two Super Bowls. He could be in the third one this upcoming Sunday, and he's one and one in those. Career numbers as a starter, he's 50 and 13. That's a 793 winning percentage. Eight and two as a, as a starter in the playoffs, that's 80% or 800 uh, winning percentage. The only two losses are against Tom Brady. And one of those, it's because a defensive end lined up offsides. The other one, he had no offensive line. He's been a regular season MVP. He's been a Super Bowl MVP. And by the way, those are in different seasons. Since 2018, and here's the stat that I thought was absurd that I heard earlier, and I was like, what in the hell is this? Since 2018, 
Patrick Mahomes is three and one in playoff games when the win probability dips below 5% at any point in the game. So basically, if it dips below 5%, it's basically like saying, okay, game over. You know what the games were that the game was that he lost when it dipped below 5%? It was the Super Bowl last year when they didn't have a chance. But he's three and one in those games, okay? Three and one. The rest of the NFL as a whole is one and 38 combined. That is the most absurd stat. Whether he's now 24 nothing against the Houston Texans and it's like, okay, game over. Nope, not over. Whether it's 13 seconds left on the clock and they go, oh, in fact, and then they score 40, whatever, 44 straight freaking points. Or whether you got to move 75 yards or at least get in field goal range, I should say, with 13 seconds left. Okay, dude, just complete these two passes. The dude is built different, okay? And let's go even further into stats because stats play the key even though again the one i just gave you is one that just tells me that dude's different three and one when there's virtually no chance to win and the rest of the league is like no we're one in we're one in 38 because we're not built different his career stats he's averaged as a starter 301 yards per game passing 66.1 percent completion percentage 151 touchdowns that's 38 per season 37 interceptions that's only nine per season 105.8 rating a 74.1 total QBR that's an estimate because they don't do career QBRs they do individual seasons I try to use the same calculation to come up with it and whether I did it right or wrong it comes close it's just kind of getting you in the wheelhouse I just want people to understand that right 1.8 yards per attempt adjusted air yards per attempt to take out some of the variability is 8.7 gives you more of a true uh, look at it and by the way He's only 26 years old. Now let's look at Josh Allen's best season last year, 2020, right? So his best season. He did make it to the AFC Championship, lost to Mahomes, but that's just kind of a wash, right? You know, nothing you can do about that. They went 13 and three, hell of a season. That's 813 as a winning percentage. That is technically higher than Patrick Mahomes, but as a four year sample size, I'm pretty sure that's good. And earlier in the season, they had that four game, or that seven game start where they were three and four and he just didn't look the same so i think it was weeks nine through 12 he was just awful that's the worst performance in his career but anyway talk about patrick mahomes allen in that 2020 season averaged 284 yards passing per game it's pretty decent amount lower than the 301 per game for patrick mahomes he had 37 touchdowns mahomes is averaged 38 per season he had 10 interceptions mahomes is averaged nine per season a 107.2 rating, which is actually higher than the career average of Patrick Mahomes of 105.8. 76.6% total QBR, which is higher than the 74.1 career average Patrick Mahomes, but is also lower than his first two seasons as a starter. 7.9 yards per attempt and 8.5 yards adjusted air yards per attempt for Josh Allen. And he was 24 in that season, now he's 25. But what I'm saying here is, look, consistency is key. You know, again, there's some guys, you know, I've played football with who are Bills fans who are very upset about, you know, people now claiming he's the GOAT because he had a good game, but, you know, Josh Allen's better. Listen, Josh Allen's more talented. I can agree with you on that one. Physically gifted, I should say. But you will never get me to believe something that I've seen consistently, which is Patrick Mahomes be better than every other quarterback in the NFL, except maybe Tom Brady. And then honestly, 
he outplayed Tom Brady in both of the times that he lost. He outplayed him. The Bucks were just a better team that day because the offensive line wasn't healthy, but they probably still win. Even without a healthy with a healthy offensive line. But again, see the Hanor there and the other time. Defensive end decided to line up all sides. Bills fans, be happy you have Josh Allen. That dude is Cam Newton. He's a better passer than Cam Newton was, but he's not as good of a runner. They're both NFL creative players and cheat codes. A lot of teams in the NFL would be happy as hell to have Josh Allen as their quarterback, and it might be 31 of them. But the Chiefs do not want Josh Allen because they have Patrick Mahomes. All right, and let's get into the NFL uh, divisional round slate of games. What a weekend of football, to be honest. It was insanity. All the games were good. The only one that I didn't watch the whole game of was the San Francisco and Green Bay game. Uh, yeah, sometimes you have a life and you want to do other stuff. And I was visiting one of my very good friends this weekend and just missed out because wanted to spend more time with my friends than to sit down and watch a game and intently watch it. But I will go game by game of what I did see and my understanding of each game. So the Bengals ended up beating the Titans 19 to 16. I said that the Bengals would win by three, but 27 to 24 last week. Here's what I saw. Eventually, the Bengals will get this right on offensive line, but they're going to have to probably either, whether it's through free agency or through continuously drafting, get more assistance for Joe Burrow and also change some of the scheme because honestly, part of it is not leaving an extra blocker in there in some instances or asking Joe Burrow to make plays, and he does generally, where he holds onto the ball for a longer period of time. So, you know, they're going to have to do something, whether, again, it's getting more talent on the line or, you know, change some things up. But, I mean, it didn't really stop them from winning, right? He got sacked nine times against a really good, and like I said last week, underrated Titans defensive line. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast. Archie was in there balling out. Harold Landry, Dupree. It's a good defensive line, right? All in all, I just believed in what they have on the Cincinnati side more than the Titans side because the most important position on the field because of how much they have the ball, there is not even a close competition. Joe Burrow is heads and shoulders better than Ryan Tannehill. And if the Titans really want to go far and really want to make a Super Bowl push, they do have to improve the quarterback because Tannehill is limited in some ways. He's a above-average quarterback in general who can play really good football, border on grade in some situations if Derrick Henry's there, but he more often plays average and sometimes below average. So they have to get better at the quarterback position to actually be a competitor in this NFL. The next game up. The 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers 13 to 10. I was watching the game to start off, and the Packers went down the field and scored a touchdown. I'm like, ooh. And by the way, I thought the Packers would win this game by, I believe, four. I have to, I could check, but off the top of my head, yep, I think I had them 24 to 20 is what I remember. Uh, them winning, yeah, 24-20, I believe. But they lost. So stop watching the game. I figured, okay, whatever. And then look back and I was like what the heck like later in the night holy crap the Packers lost this game and everyone wants to blame Aaron Rodgers here's what it is though 
I didn't watch how he looked, and I've heard some of the descriptions that Aaron Rodgers just looked kind of like disengaged and aloof. And now I've heard Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up in the playoffs. I think that the latter statement is absolutely ridiculous. The former statement is just probably true. He probably did look that way because the score isn't indicative of him playing particularly well, or at least the, the Green Bay Packers playing particularly well. I don't even like Aaron Rodgers' get down. Like, I don't like, he seems like a jerk. I have no dog in the fight, and it's not even because of his COVID stuff. He just seems like he's kind of arrogant, right? That's how he comes off. So I'm not a fan. But what I can tell you is, as a football player, to say he shows up small in the playoffs, his record shows up small, but he has better numbers across the board, and it's not close in his playoff career than Tom Brady does. It's just his defenses just happen to not give up 10 or 12 or 13 points. They give up 36. Like, this man will lose a game where he's scored 31 points because his defense can't stop anyone. So, to say he doesn't show up is just asinine. Maybe he didn't in this game. Maybe he looked different. I don't have proof because I didn't watch the game. The statistics support people's beliefs, but as a career... No, he has not been this extremely elevative person in the playoffs, but he hasn't been horrible or terrible in the playoffs. He's had a couple of bad games, a couple of excellent games, and then some good, great mixed in there. It just kind of depends. If he didn't show up that Arizona game where he's out there throwing ridiculous passes and Hail Marys against an Arizona team that was better than them, and then they didn't get the ball in overtime and it kind of like went the way it went, you see what I'm saying? So making that claim, I'm just, I'm off my soapbox on this, but I did get frustrated hearing that Aaron Rodgers isn't good in the playoffs. I'm like, come on, stop, just stop. (laughs) But the 49ers, kudos to them. In my gut, I felt like they were going to win, but the Packers were the better team. 49ers got the benefit of being really good in the particulars. So special teams played big for them. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't screw anything up in this game. And they got the W. Kudos to them. So on to the next game. It's going to be the Rams and the Bucks. Rams won this game 30-27. to I had a prediction on this of 26-21 with the Rams winning. On the show, I said this, and the game fairly played out in the manner that I thought it would. I said the Rams can blow the Bucks out, but out of respect for the Bucks and Tom Brady, the Bucks being former champions, defending champions, and Tom Brady being what he is, that they could make it close and that's part of the reason I predicted this, this score of 26 to 21. And this kind of played out that way. The Rams were beating the dog crap out of them. They were walking the dog, kicking them in the chest. 27 to 3. It didn't look like a game. And then I got this weird feeling, not before it happened, but once it started happening, it looked like the Saints game the year prior. Where the Saints, for no reason, and I mean, I know the reason why, Drew Brees. Lost their composure and turned the ball over four times. And after turning the ball over four times, you know, when you're up by 24 points, it's easier to get back and get that W even though you got four turnovers. We were only up 10 last year, and that's why the Bucks ended up winning by 10 after the four turnovers. Again, the Rams were up by 24 points and then lost their minds. Cooper Cup fumbling, a bad snap. Uh, not Stafford's fault. Well, actually partially Stafford's fault. I think he made the call to the center unintentionally. Like, 
you can either indicate to the guard and the guard will tap the center so the center can keep their head up or the center will look back and look for a signal whether it's a tap your leg a movement anything like that and i think when he wiped his his hand off that the center thought he signaled and that's why stafford so i mean that's just my opinion with that matt stafford you know did signal mistakenly to the center but anyway and then cam Akers started turning the ball over like a champ too all in all the rams were able to beat the bucks the rams were the better team bucks fans don't want to hear it but they were the better team now if everyone's healthy every second every time all the things all the pieces then maybe the bucks are a better team but honestly i still think the rams are a terrible matchup for the bucks just like the saints are and the better team that day one and just for some context if you want to be really candid if you were to switch the quarterbacks I think this game doesn't get back to close because the fear factor of Matt Stafford's not there, right? Again, he played well on Sunday. There's a fear factor of playing against Tom Brady. It happens when people play against Michael Jordan or LeBron James or when you play against whoever, right? You expect when things start rolling in a certain way, it's almost like this depressive force. Some people call it momentum. I think that calling it momentum insinuates that there is this actual force that exists where there's this actual entity that comes down and says, I'm here right now. My name is Damn Momentum. No, it's an easy way to describe uh, a shared uh, behavior where I think when you play a guy like Tom Brady, you may start to feel or play a little tight. And that's what the Rams started doing with the turnovers and Cam Akers forgetting that running in the middle of the field with, with some tender forearms is not a good idea. You might want to, you know, wrap the ball up or not have tender forearms. But anyway, but the Rams got it done and kudos to them. And kudos to Stafford on this one, you know. And then the final game of the slate, the one that we started talking about a little bit earlier, the Buffalo Bills uh, ended up taking an L here against the Kansas City Chiefs, 42 to 36. Bills played pretty well. Again, Josh Allen balled out. Was he perfect? No. Was he really damn good? Yes. Did he play well enough for them to win? Absolutely. But it's a team game, right? What the Chiefs showed me is that the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL when they're actually playing football. When the Chiefs play to their potential with the guy they have leading them at quarterback, the pieces they have on offense and even defense, they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, you know, again, a lot of these things are opinion, right? But if they get another Super Bowl here, and that'll be three appearances in three years and two uh, victories in, in three years, wouldn't you kind of agree that maybe they're just the best team in, in football? You know, I, I I banked or bet on the Chiefs prior to the playoffs even. I was like, the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl. I'll take whatever bet to anyone. I was talking with a friend. And it's a terrible bet for me to take without, you know, certain odds and things like that. And I was like, that's how confident I am. I'm proving this point that I would take this Chiefs team led by Patrick Mahomes II over anyone in the NFL. And I'm saying the field, much like I would take Tiger Woods back in the day when he was balling and you say, oh, I can give you the field of all the golfers. I'll need all the golfers. You know what I need? Tiger freaking Woods. And I'll take the Chiefs because you know why? They got Patrick Mahomes. So, all right, that is a show for this week. Uh, 
it'll be posted on Thursday. Why? Because this week's I Wednesday, unfortunately, was recorded on Thursday because, you know, I just had some other things going on. But I still want to get you the content out. So I'm going to upload this and you'll see it on Thursday. But it is a week's I Wednesday. And hopefully I was able to give you a pretty good show, give you some information. Again, for those who want to follow my football information takes, engage with me about football with questions or, you know, opinions, give me some 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 things to chew on because I don't know everything about football. It's a learning process for all of us, and it especially is for me. Uh, you can engage me on Twitter. It's at CJFlorida9. It's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out and the number nine. I I welcome conversation and banter on, you know, social media if it's you know intelligent and by intelligent i don't mean you know you have to have the smartest take ever i just mean don't come on and say you're stupid cool thanks for the input no if you come on and say you know i think josh allen's better than patrick mahomes we can have and then you have some information to you know come with it you know josh allen's trending in this direction he didn't have proper coaching early in his career xyz cool that's actually an intelligent conversation i love that Plus, I might learn something. I kind of like doing that. So that's just my opinion. That's how I feel about, you know, social media engagement and football. But that's the show, folks. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I'll be back later on today for Turf Talk Thursdays. Take care and enjoy the upcoming championship weekend.